Look at the adjective. Play. Now is the franchise going to take the Viagra? Oh, going to put the butts in the seat. Hello there, wrestling fans, and welcome to episode number 28 of Because WCW, the podcast where the big boys play. My name is the Twisted Genius, Dean Ayers, joined as ever by my comrade and cohort, the sports columnist, Liam Happ. Liam, how are you doing, sir? Well, I'm sat here on Valentine's Day watching old professional wrestling. How do you think I'm doing? I'm actually doing quite good. I'm enjoying this. Well, I, I, I was going to mention that in a, in a little bit. I was going to lift the veil to say, yeah, we are recording this on Valentine's Day. And what better way to spend Valentine's Day than to be watching some old WCW with a middle-aged man? Which one of us are you referring to? Oh. Either or, really. But hey, we both love WCW. Yeah, if you think about it, this is if you're going to have a day dedicated to love, uh, nothing says love quite like watching a product that has done some of the things that WCW does. And I'm sure they won't uh, they won't disappoint today, considering the last episode, which was the fourth episode of Nitro, had Hulk Hogan promised to bury the giant alongside his father. Oh yes, and uh, and we have um, we have Lex Luger and the Macho Man promised uh, for this episode as well. Don't forget. Yeah, Lex Luger's promised to retire or at least leave WCW if he uh, if he loses. Can't see that happening, can you? Yeah, well, I mean it's completely plausible. He has just left the WWE in in, in the nature of which means he's probably not going to go back there of course he's going to give up his job in those stuff what are you talking about dean it's a lock he's definitely losing listen up slap nuts that's right this is jeff jarrett the chosen one and you're listening to because wcw now choke on that okay so if uh, if you are listening uh, i was going to say listening at home but hey you could be uh, you could be in the gym, you could be in your car, although I was going to say if you're in the gym or in the car, you probably won't be watching along. I recommend so, John. If, yeah, there you go. So if you're sat on the toilet and uh, you've got your laptop on your lap and uh, you want to be watching along with us, um, or, or indeed if you're in any other room in the home and you want to be watching along with us, then uh, then you just want to get your WWE Network player are paused on zero 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 um and uh we are shortly going to press play and um we will uh, await the burning buildings yeah i'm ready burning buildings are hiding in the background of my mobile phone because you can watch your mobile phones now which is especially important if you do want to sit on the john and watch nitro even better much more convenient exactly right well, here we go. We will press play in three, two, one, go. I have burning buildings. Oh, wow. That arsonist is prolific. So, uh, I miss Vader. There you go. Old, old, yeah. Old Lex is on there now instead of Vader. It's just not the same. It really how many isn't. weeks will we, how many weeks will we mourn the loss of Vader, eh? Vader in the uh, in the window of the building, 1995 to 1995, RIP. And we're in Denver, Colorado. Now they packed 9,000 people in here. I mean, look at that; it looks pretty busy. However, according to the Wrestling Observer, they only had about 3,000 paid, so two thirds of that crowd were shoehorned in for free. Yeah, I mean, to, to get an atmosphere like that in the long haul, you can see why papering theoretically would work. Because this is a hot new show. You know, disregard Mongo and his bloody dog. But it's a hot new show apart from that. And uh, it, it looked it looked good, didn't it? It was a striking visual. The crowd looked jam-packed in there. Oh, yeah. Perfect size, especially venue, intimate. 
yeah, when you consider, you know, they're head to head with the WWF, they uh, they want to be they want to be looking the hot ticket. Yeah, the uh, classic WCW preamble is thankfully interrupted. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's it's a maniacal flair promo. I'm trying to make sense of what Flair's saying, but to be honest, it's better if you don't. He's he's coming for Ron Anderson. Double A, I'm coming your way, big boy. So but is that, is the that rest our of official? it was largely unintelligible. Oh, yeah, typical Flair. But I think that may have been our first official Monday Nitro walk up to the announcer, steal the headset and cut yes. promo. That's, that's a trailblazing moment. And we're getting another clip that reminds us two weeks ago, Macho Man had the most disgusting jacket ever. That jacket would just not go away. Yeah, this is the second week running that they have played this clip on Nitro. Yes, with well, the big matches tonight, so that uh, that outfit must be getting some uh, royalty fees, you know, some good I mean, repeat it's, fees. There. It's it's Valentine's Day today, so it looks. Uh, let's, it let's looks watch. In place. Uh, here you go. Let's watch Savage once again break uh, Ed Leslie's collarbone. Wallop! There we go. The man with no collarbone has he done that gimmick? No, he hasn't actually. That's uh, it's got money written all over it. Speaking of money written all over it, it did lead to we can see the giant walking out now, and this hill beatdown pretty much made the giant as an absolute monster. Yeah, we were fans of this last week. Steps over the top rope, grabs Savage by the throat, and big choke slam. Down goes Savage. Casual and yet far from lethargic. That's a dangerous combination. Oh, here come all of the uh, baby-faced jobbers. Alex Wright in a role he'd later reprise with Loch Ness. Yeah, I mean, it speaks volumes. They've got Randy Savage in this beat. I know he just had a match. Uh, but Alex Wright, as we saw from his from his match that week, he's a, you know, he's a profiled mid-carder. They've got Lex Luger come out. This is not just any old schmucks. So that really enhances the giant as well. At this, at this point, yeah. he looked white hot. Absolutely. And uh, and I like the subtlety of Luger not exactly hurrying to get in the ring to save Savage, or is he saving Savage? And then he gets choke slammed, or Giant tries to choke slam him, and now Luger fighting back until the giant overpowers him and choke slam for Luger. Down he goes. So everyone has been laid out by the giant. Giant, as you say, Liam, really getting pushed here is the big, big deal. But forget all that shit. Here's Slammer. Yes. We get to listen to Slammer, one of the greatest WCW entrance themes of all time. And Harlem Heat-esque pyro for Lex Luger. So like they're, they're starting hot with this. They are really starting hot with this yeah. show. This is a this is a big match, and you can well, say. Bear they're... in mind. Sorry, you go go ahead. I was just going to say you you could argue about save it for pay per view, but they did run this on pay per view as well, I believe. And yeah, it's I dug this little rivalry between these two. Yeah. Bear in mind that um, this is going head to head with a taped Raw and. Generally speaking, the live a live show will get more viewers than a taped show. So, like you say, Liam, start start things off hot. Start off with Lex Luger and Randy Savage as your opening match. Get the viewers over and keep them there. That's the that's the strategy here. And Eric Bischoff during that entrance has just promised to tell everyone what happens on Raw because, as you said, it's taped versus live. Uh, and he had made a few valid comments, valid and not so valid comments in the first four episodes of Nitro. But I believe this is the start of that regular as clockwork period where you just give away the test yeah. results. Because there's always that rumour of him having the monitor with showing Raw while he's commentating, weren't there? Mm. Which is probably the reason why he moved commentary in the first place. So it wasn't blatant. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, it's a much better, you know, it's it's vile, don't get me wrong, but that's a much 
better Macho Man jacket. I like that. Patchwork quilt, well, you know, Joseph and the Technicolor yeah. Dreamcoat. Well, I was going to say, this is mid-90s. This is basically uh, the Macho Man pays tribute to David Seaman's England goalkeeper's jersey. Yes. Some and of it, the atrocities he wore in Euro 96. At least Lex Luger can't lob him. <laughs> but it, the, the stare down everything, they, these two are putting a lot into this. For two wrestlers who are known that if they're not feeling it, can really uh, can really leave a, a lot wanting with a match. These two are, are, are putting in a lot of work to make this seem like a big deal. And it is. It's an intense start. Yeah. And the crowd seemed to be into it to start with, which is always a good sign. It's a little shades of grey as well, you know. Luger's clearly the the heel in the situation, but he's not really a heel at this point. And that'd get even yeah. better as we as the months come on when he teams with Sting. I can't wait for that. Oh, of course, because we saw uh, Uncensored '96, wasn't it, where oh. he was the. He was the heel, but Sting didn't see through it. Seriously, when we watched them week by week after week, the early 96 Sting and Luger was one of the most underappreciated things in the Monday Night War, in my opinion. They've done the lock-up okay, so that spills out the ring. Yeah, we've basically got the intense lock-up where they've <laughs> both fallen out of the ring and now we've gone to commercial break. Oh, what we've got an advert for here? Is this Havoc? Yeah, this is Halloween Havoc. Oh, the Halloween Havoc advert with loads of footage of Hogan beating up Vader. Yes, and where him and the giant morph into monster trucks. <laughs> yes. You talk because about the wildness uh, of 90s wrestling. There you go. Yeah, because as we said last week, if I'm a wrestling fan, I want to see monster trucks. Yes. That's how it works. Right, we are back. We're So we've gone from a very intense lockup that can't be broken to just those two standing around. Bloody hell, Luger <laughs> just jumped over the top rope. I've literally never seen him do that before. I told you he was motivated. <laughs> the difference between motivated Luger and unmotivated Luger like night and day. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> they are laying in yeah. the hands on, the, on these slaps and shoves. Savage has been on the old Grecian 2000, hasn't he? Bloody hell. <laughs> His hair looks jet black. He, as we said last week, he always was very conscious of his appearance, wasn't he? Absolutely. But this, yeah, this is great. This is that great, as, as you say, this, that on Savage. You know, like, I always remember that classic um, Great American Bash 95 match he had with Flair which was just brilliant, where he was just absolutely on it. And he's on it in this, this one as well. Yeah, he, he had a point, as documented as to why he left WWE in 94. He, he had a point to prove, and for a couple of years, it was great watching him. But then he sees his body started falling apart, and he didn't know when to say no. So we had to watch him have a bit of a uh, end to his career. It was a bit of a wimple, wasn't it? Yeah. But unfortunately, lots of careers end like that. Yep. Especially and when the money's pr- that good. Yep. Big press slam. Luger's, Luger's fired up here. And we've got the crowd. I don't know about the rest of the crowd, but the crowd right in front of the hard cam are very animated. They're, they're making this look great. Yeah. There's, there's a, I mean, it's the definition of a mixed reaction, which... You're guessing that's what they're going for, given the, the the booking of them. They don't know what they want to do with Luger just yet, and they know where yeah. they want Savage to be, which is basically right under Hogan. Yeah, as the number two guy. Backslide battle. Always love this spot. It's one of them spots in. They're like two. So Mongo just said they're yeah. like two mountain goats locked up. I heard that. When one. have you seen? When have you ever seen two mountain goats trying to backslide one another? Well, whatever floats Mongo's boat, you know. But yeah, what I've always, 
I've always loved this backslide spot. Luger's using his ropes to block going down. I like that as well. That's a very clever little spot there. Hook his foot around the rope so he won't go down to the backslide. Yeah. Ref's like waiting it. for shoulders to hit the mat so he doesn't see it. Uh, they have they have got 60 seconds plus of drama out of this crowd in what is essentially a rest hold. With a little, with a little bit of tense in the muscles here and there. How even just the way Savage is running into the ropes and the look on his face, he, you can see that he's switched on. Absolutely switched on today. Yeah, I'm really digging this. This isn't There's exactly a, a five-star match, but this is just such great for a TV match where you know you're not going to get the decisive outcome here on this show. This is just so enjoyable mm. to watch. There's uh, there's also a bloke in the front row in a shirt and tie who looks really out of place. <laughs> is it IRS? It could be. <laughs> okay, so they're now countering one another. Savage axe handle off the top, got blocked with a punch to the stomach. Savage then threw Luger out the ring and he's hit the axe handle to the floor off the top. That classic one he hits to the outside. I always love that. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it, in the 90s, that was a major high-risk move. Yeah. He would, when he was a heel and he was getting heat on guys, he would basically hit them with two or three of that and he'd roll the guy in and they'd be barely able to move. And they'd Ooh. just kick out, but they'd be in serious trouble. Into the post. Oh, just, just mentioning Luger's career on the line. At I last. Think, I think he's been brought up a couple of times for years. I think you're right. More could have been made of it, but it's it's a hot shot thing. It's probably the one thing about this I don't like. There was no reason to do it. I I really don't think it's no. gonna move the needle, especially when it's going up against the tape show anyway. Just stick to giving away the results of Raw. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, I don't think anyone would have believed he'd have been leaving WCW. <laughs> oh, that was contrived. Oh. <laughs> I was really into that match and then they just did the mother of all contrived ref bumps. And of course hey, now he wants to go for the elbow. Yeah. Could have been worse. Could have been Nick Patrick. And of course goes for the... Why do wrestlers always do this? You've seen that the referee is down. Why go for the cover when you know the ref is down? Oh, for fuck's well, sake. Well, that was my point as well. So he much. went for the elbow as soon as the ref was down. And here comes the giant. Well, fine, go for the elbow, but just don't go for the cover when you know that nothing can happen. And here comes the uh, son of Andre the Giant. Steps over the top rope. Here's your DQ finish. That, that look, you could tell even this early on that he'd get acting work. That look on his face. He had this sick look of glee as he grabbed Savage around the throat. And now it looks like Luger's going to save his uh, career. Oh, the crowd are booing. Okay, there's no DQ finish because the ref missed all of that. Because obviously it's very easy to miss a seven-foot man jumping in the ring and chokeslamming someone. Oh, Luger's not going for the cover. He's picked Savage up. Ah, he's, torture rack. He's going to deadlift him into the rack by the looks of things. Yeah, because Savage is going to have to be dead weight here, isn't he? Almost deadlifted him. You, you, could, you could see he had to stand up for him. That's a shame. That would have been impressive. Obviously, deadlift spots were nowhere near as commonplace then, but... Can you imagine if he yeah. just deadlifted someone up? Into the torture rack. Yeah. Pretty bloody good. So there you go. As you say, Luger has saved his career. I mean, they should have been mentioning that every time, like, you know, that every time there's a pinfall attempt, when Savage went up to the top there, you know, just mention it then. But, hey, if the commentators don't believe it, why should the crowd believe it? It's true. It, it, yeah, I mean, the, the finish was hokey as all hell. It's a contrived stipulation. But these two guys brought it in, in knowing that they're only getting what that was a six seven minute match. Uh, that was yeah. that was some that was Plus, some top class intensity. I really yeah. enjoyed well, that. That that long plus the uh, plus the ad break. 
Yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Big Bubba Rogers on Saturday night. Sign me up. Hey. It's only a matter of time before we're doing the old 605s. I miss 605, even though I never watched it at 605 American time ever. Not to be confused with 606 on uh, Radio 5 Live. Yeah. Mongo doesn't know what to say about the Giants come out. Why don't you say something about Manting Goats, you prick? <laughs> he just... Look at his face at the moment. He just... He looks like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing out there, which is fitting because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing out doesn't there. doesn't know what the fuck he's doing out there, no. We've got he... Disco Inferno. <laughs> Heenan trying oh. to do disco dancing. This is oh. great. So basically... Basically, Eric Bishop has just said to us, oh, we're meant to have Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero, but we've got Disco Inferno instead, which is a move sure to uh, to please the purists. That Crash TV staple, this isn't on our format. He's just come out dancing for no reason. But what I love is, is Bobby Heenan trying to do disco dancing at the announce booth when most of his pop culture references uh, predate disco by about 30 years. Uh, he's like your drunk uncle at the family wedding, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I loved Heenan as a commentator, especially in his prime, but he used to come out with some pop culture references, and I just, it wasn't until the internet age I was able to go back and look them all up. I was like, where the hell is this all coming from? And here comes Eddie Guerrero. And he's coming out to Hooven to Guerrero's theme. Well, this is clearly WCW's generic Hispanic man theme. Maybe, but I'm pretty certain. But that even by this point, he he had his own pretty nice genetic generic um, babyface theme. Bow, 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 that one. I was I was waiting for that to come on. I legit don't even remember this uh, this Hoovy period, Freddie. I, I can't I can't remember the bow 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 wow wow one that you're talking about. But I'm sure I'm, we'll uh, I'm we'll just encounter have to shoehorn it onto a, uh, a pay per view episode. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Now this one's more recognisable. Ah. The Ice Man. Also, wasn't there? Wasn't this this was used for someone? Oh no, that was the very mysterious music was used for Loch Ness, wasn't it? That sounds. Quite similar, yeah. But they do that sounds similar to this, yeah. This was a little more on the money for me, this theme. This was more Dean than Ray's was Ray. So obviously these two guys had had an absolute classic series of matches in ECW, which some people watching this known about. Yeah. They're literally the last matches they were having before they jumped, I believe. Yes, so we've just got a clip here of Eddie Guerrero against Jushin Liger from a previous, uh, I didn't catch what show it was actually, Frog Splash from Guerrero and he pins Jushin Liger, which is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. Also, they don't make much of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're showing Eddie Guerrero, um, yeah, we're showing Eddie Guerrero getting a bit of a momentum here. So nine WCW, this would be about five minutes. Yeah, TV format means we're not going to get the best of these, but no, they're they're off to a good start. Again, the intensity is there, the athleticism's there, uh, and Nitro's coming hot with big singles matches one after the other. Yeah, I mean the thing is, Luger Savage that will draw your fans who you know know the big names. This will draw your kind of your hardcores away from um, from Nitro uh, from Raw rather. And we've got Flair on later, which is more than worthy of being a TV main event. Absolutely. Heenan says, although Malenko's the man of a thousand holds, uh, Guerrero's got to be there somewhere around 999. I like that. Nice. Really smooth uh, chain wrestling here from both, from reversal of a hammerlock and... Yeah. 
It's a joy to watch. Yeah, there, there was a but, period of my life younger on when you hear people talk about crisp wrestling and these wrestlers are really crisp with execution. You think it's a bit, uh, you know, pretentious at times. But you know what? You you watch two guys go at it in a match and they they hit things with this sort of accuracy and this sort of fluidity and it does draw you in. You know, it does, especially if you come in something cold. I mean, we we know enough about their rivalry and their histories in general, but. We're watching these nitros, not remembering much about the little TV storylines. We needed that oh. little reminder of the Liger win that qualified uh, Guerrero for this match. And little things like that just draw you in straight away. And it worked with Savage and Luger as well. Oh, hold on. We're going to leave this match. Well, we're not going to leave the match. You know what I mean? We're going to go split screen and we're going to... Focus all of our attention on Hulk Hogan still in his neck brace. Oh, now the whole screen is being taken up with this. Poochie has turned up. I, they literally could have done this just before they go to an advert break. There's plenty of other guys. If they can squeeze in a Disco Inferno dance without interrupting the actual wrestling. <laughs> oh, He's going to put an end to the giant shenanigans. They are All the while, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko are having a, a Mac, you know, a Mac classic that we're ignoring. This is brilliant. And going by the way the sound is echoing, I'm guessing this is being shown in the. Well, I don't know if they've got a screen to be honest. That does make me wonder if they're if they're able to and are showing this to the crowd. It, I don't know if people turning their head. I don't know. People didn't Maybe seem not. to be turning their heads to the screen, so nah. I think they, that was just for the TV audience. Just as well, because if I was Guerrero or Malenko, I think my heart would sink at that point. Yeah. you just sit on the canvas and scratch your ass, wouldn't you? Come yeah. on, get this idiot off and we'll go back to where we were. There have been documented instances in recent years when guys have been having TV matches and have literally just taken the advert breaks off. And people there in the arena say, yeah, they, these guys just basically sat outside the ring after Joe's you know, a typical dive spot and then they go come back after the break and yeah. they just sit there for three minutes or, or just lock a chin lock in for three minutes yeah which at least that's presentable to the live crowd yeah I did notice in that Hart Hogan promo they were really late I know it's a benefit of hindsight but they're really late on heavy that Basically, Jimmy Hart turns on Hulk Hogan at the next pay-per-view and sides with the Giant. Whoa! Beautiful. Guerrero just climbed to the top rope, dived over the ring post, over the ring steps, and onto the uh, onto Malenko in the aisle. That was pretty spectacular. He got some good airtime there. Yes. Well, they did. Yeah, I, was going, I did hear, notice Hogan saying about like to Jimmy Hart, "Are you with me?" or something along those lines. They were really, yeah, really they obvious. They were really laying like, it on thick. They really were. I mean, nothing's nothing's as cheesy and hammy as last week's promo that Hogan did, which was just epic. Oh, how how is that not more famous? I don't know how that one flies under the radar compared to other. Yeah, we need we need to stick that on Twitter. Yes. We need to stick that on Twitter. We really do. Right. Guerrero's gone for a, uh, a brain buster and he's set up for a frog splash and he lands on the knees of Milenko. Yeah, Milenko's no slouch in this match, but Guerrero's really taking things in this one, isn't he? Mm. He's oh. kind of like extra stringy. Oh. Nice. Quick pin, a nice reversal, quick kind of a double leg Nelson gets so, the uh, gets the pinfall. So it's another win for Guerrero. He's got the momentum going. I'll tell you what, tying that back into my previous point about Guerrero getting the uh, showcase in this, uh, this was a Guerrero profile match. Mm. Malenko wants a rematch, says he got lucky. Handshake. <laughs> Aggressive handshake. But hey, at least Nick Patrick was refereeing this match and didn't have to take a bump. 
30, 30 seconds, maybe less though, you know, quick little exchange of words, no mic needed, no silliness needed, just a well-positioned cameraman, and you've set up the next uh, leg of the story, though, I like that. This, yeah. this show at the moment, five episodes in, it just zooms past. Highest praise. You see elements of Crash TV, but this is nowhere near as rusorific as Nitro would get at one point. It is just very enjoyable. Uh, oh, speaking it's of Mean Gene, and here comes Hogan. That's what I get for praising the fucking show. It's going to bring out that little neck brace, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And this does remind me, actually, uh, given that Havoc 95 is next up, we are we must only be a week or two away from all Black Hogan. I can't wait for that. Yeah. No, not the black what? that he despises. I mean, he wears black clothing. I thought he meant he uh, became a New Zealand rugby player. No, it wouldn't meant that he had any sort of sympathy for for people of colour, because we know he doesn't have that. Uh, yeah. But no, he, he he basically does a little dummy run for him acting yes. like a hill, which is hilarious from the man who pretty much cheats and gouges and rakes during his matches anyway. He felt he had to do a dummy run for being a hill. Hogan's the perfect person to be wearing a neck brace because you notice his movements hardly change at all anyway. (laughs) Hogan is now talking about visiting a kid needing a lung transplant because obviously the best form of charity is the one that you tell everyone about. Big stinky giant count. Ah, yes. We really should just be taking a drink every time he says big stinky giant. This is true. His neck might be in a brace, but he can still rip his t-shirt open. Jesus Christ, he looks fucking mahogany, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's been worse than that, but that is an alarming tan. That's, that's not a tan, is it? Tan. That's boot polish. <laughs> He's high-fiving fans for no reason, so something's going to happen. Circling out ringside. You mean it. you mean something's been set up here? Oh, go. look, something's been set up here. <laughs> There's a woman. Of course it's a woman. It's Kevin fucking Sullivan, isn't it? <laughs> With a shawl over his head and something. Else. It's the worst disguise in the world. I'll tell you what. Although Ke- Kevin Sullivan is short enough to get away with being an old woman. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan is on the verge of a cult following for these ridiculous sneak attacks. If you remember the one on the beach with Savage. The one on the beach was amazing. Here that, comes that uh, been his new gimmick. the giant. And the man with no collarbone? Yes. Zodiac, also known as the inspiration for NWO Savage. <laughs> he's, he's calling for that oh, no. corkscrew He's neck. taken the, the neck brace off. Yeah. Well, this was the reason he's wearing this brace, because he did this to him at full brawl. Yeah, I don't actually know what he's meant to be doing there because he doesn't look like he's doing anything, but hey. They're shaving off his moustache. Oh, I forgot about this. Maybe this sets off uh, Black Jeans Hogan and his feud against Dave Meltzer and the Dirt Sheets brother. They're shaving it. I forgot that they shaved his moustache off. You but you've just left it like that. Leave a hit the moustache. <laughs> the American males are coming to the rescue. Or well, trying to come to the rescue. Well, you've heard Hogan's theme tune. It's American made. Of course they're the first ones to rush out. At least there's some yeah. con- continuity here. Bischoff just oh, mentioned they've got a tag title match against the Nasty Boys. 
Oh, here come the nasty here boys. Here come the nasty boys, yeah. They should have just come down and put the boots to the males. They've gone soft. Are we going to do another giant choke slams everyone angle? And I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. And uh, Zodiac's holding um, knobs ready for what, another he's choke holding slam. What? <laughs> Brian, no, not Brian, I'm Jerry Sags. I was going to say, the fact that it's Sags just proves you wanted oh, to make that terrible... joke, didn't you? That was, it was a genuine mistake. That was a terrible choke slam on Sags. But Hogan's had his moustache shaved off. Heenan's last pretty good, actually. That's, I mean, that was one of Hogan's trademarks, the moustache. So shaving that off, is that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I'm surprised Mr. Creative Control allowed that one. That doesn't yeah. work for me, brother. Although at this point, there, there's just nothing else. A giant notwithstanding, there's nothing else to put heat on the Dungeon of Doom, so I had to think of something. They need some sort of heat. I mean, this whole thing is so bad, it's good territory. You've got Heenan laughing hysterically. Bischoff telling him to shut up like a five-year-old that's been tormented all evening. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan and his calling life doing really weird run-ins. Yes. That was... Too, if the theme of this episode is 90s wrestling at its best slash worst, I think that sums it up right there. What, the fact that Kevin Sullivan dresses an old lady attacking Hulk Hogan got about the same amount of airtime as uh, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko? That should have got more. You're right. It's an injustice. That was brilliant. <laughs> main event time. <laughs> Arn Jesus Christ. in the ring. Is it main event time already? You're right. These fly by. These absolutely fly by. Yeah. Say, well, we, we've had a few things to criticise. The ending of, of Luger Savage was a letdown. Uh, you know, as, as much as you can laugh at some shit wrestling like we just did there, it still is shit wrestling. But all in all, this is just such good watchable wrestling television. But I mean, bear in mind, you know, this is uh, this is the the new era of um, of of where you've got feature matches rather than squash matches. So. Mm. You don't need to have definitive results. You can have lots of screwy endings because the novelty at the moment is that you've got main main roster wrestler A v main roster wrestler B rather than squash squash squash. Yeah, I mean, if you look at those new uploads on the network, they've got WWF Challenge from '92. I've Superstars. Couple, yeah, uh, and I've watched yeah. Superstars. Yes, yeah, you're right. Um, I've got. I've watched a couple of those. Well, you wouldn't believe it from the fact I couldn't get the name right. But I've watched a couple, and they are <laughs> so light and breezy. They really are. They're, they're pretty much entirely squash matches. There was a Undertaker versus Berserker, which was as close as you got to a yeah. marquee matchup. They were trying to get them in a few different times. Yeah, it was but, squash matches and angles. And you had, you, you know, it was very easy to watch TV. And Nitro has that, and it has much better matches. Uh, and you can forgive this match for it because they've, they've run Flair on on a pay-per-view. This is a yeah. follow-up. This is a rematch. The tag match is the pay-per-view attraction coming up next. Uh, Luger Savage was yeah, definitely a, a hot shot, but for the most part, these are big matches they can afford to run. I mean, just by comparison, um, Raw had... Razor Ramon against the 1-2-3 Kid, Triple H v Barry Horowitz, PG-13 and a squash. And the main event that was head-to-head with this was uh, a pretty passable uh, Bret Hart v Jean-Pierre Lafitte. But oh. it's no Ric Flair on Anderson. I did I did enjoy those little uh, placeholder feuds Bret had in 95, etc. When they were trying to keep him out of the main event scene, but not mug him off. Mm. Hakushi... Remember Breton Hakushi? Oh, yes. He did some good stuff. And he also wrestled Isaac Yankum, but we forget about that. <laughs> mm. 
But Flair and Arn are going straight for this. If you remember the full brawl match, I don't know how recently you've watched it. I think I watched that show a few years ago, most recently. And that was a big, drawn-out, slow-burning, proper, old-school singles match. These two are going hell for leather straight away, which is a nice change of pace. And it also telegraphs it's not going to go long. And you know it's not yeah. going to go long on Nitro, but the fact that it contrasts what they've already been able to do on a pay-per-view is quite nice. Might as well do it one more time before the inevitable plot twist. Hmm. There's another man in a suit. I've got to say, this is the best-dressed crowd for a wrestling show I've ever seen. And this was before... I've now seen... Go Sorry. I can't go. I was going to say, there's. I've now seen one bloke in a shirt and tie and two people in suits. And to think what WCW was in like 93, 94, where people basically wearing string vests in the front row. Uh, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, um, this was this was eight, 20 years before Bobby Roode vowed to bring in the CEOs and the, <laughs> and the directors. <laughs> So this has been kind of a brawl around ringside, which is not what you'd expect from these two. We're now back in the ring. And they're kind of they're switching from playing the hill. I mean, it's pretty established that Sting's trying to be the sympathetic babyface because Anderson and Brian Pillman have ganged up against him. But he's begging off at the moment, and Arn's doing the old uh, "I'm gonna get ya." So it's yeah, it's a little confusing. Maybe it's for the best what happens in a few weeks. Mongo's trying to band it with Brain. It's going about as well as you'd expect. Oh, oh Spine Buster. It's, it's the angle he gets them at before he does the twist. No one else does that. Mm. Everyone that else he... is just vertical lift, spin, but he just gets his talk on it. And when he twists, he looks like he's impaling them. Yeah, no one did a spine buster as well as Arn Anderson. No one in the world. It's that, it's that angle and twist is just unmatched. And it's like what we we're talking about with Guerrero Milenko. He just looks so smooth and so easy. And, and, and we'll use that word again, crisp. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, by all accounts, his, his finishing move always was a DDT. The Anderson mm, DDT and was, was the so finish. Good as well. Yeah, it was. But that spine buster stood out above the pack so much that people just put it in canon. They put it in their heads that that was his finishing move. Flair with a sleeper hold. Crowd's still into this, which for two-thirds papered is pretty good, but they've been treated to a, a good lineup and a very yeah. digestible I mean, crowd, pace. Yeah, the crowd at the front, in the front rows, you would assume there would be the page people who actually are wrestling fans and give a shit about it. But Flair is now taken over a little bit. Big right hand sends Anderson down. Yeah, obviously this doesn't touch the full ball classic, but um, they, I'm, I'm digging seeing these two in a slugfest. Mm, it's a different kind of match, as you say, because it's yeah, it's a TV match. It's a different pace. Yeah, it's weird. Weird seeing Flair beg off when he's meant to be the babyface, but you know it's easy to forget that if you look at those grudge matches with Terry Funk back in the day. Flair can Ooh. brawl. He can do a fight. He, he doesn't just do wrestling matches. So Flair put the figure four leg lock on Anderson, but it was right near the ropes. Anderson's grabbed the ropes and now scooted out of the ring. Flair looks like he's going up top. <laughs> Flair did a macho man axe handle from the floor yeah. to the top rope to the floor and got cut off by Anderson. You'd have thought after all these years, Flair had learned not to go to the top rope. I, th I think it's fair to say that there was something in the catering in Denver. <laughs> Everyone is up for this today. <laughs> Everyone is on their A game, aren't they? Oh. Yeah. 
You see the sort of spirit they must have been instilling backstage about the importance of this show getting over. It'll be interesting to see if there's that similar sort of energy in the first six to eight episodes of uh, All Elite Wrestling, whatever they set up in the end. We're still waiting to see exactly how they go about that battle plan. Although I did happen to see a website report that um, apparently they're going to run a show at the Royal Albert Hall in August this year. So I've heard that one as well, yes. Yeah, a- obviously, anyone, uh, anyone with half a brain will spot the problem there. Uh, is it that WWE already run that venue or is it that New Japan Pro Wrestling already running London in August? No, it's the fact that we've had BBC fucking proms for a century. But this is, is that what, in this August? Is what, yeah, this is what cross-referencing I... and basic reporting prevents. But of course, this was put up by one of those pay people £10 to do pretty much an entire shift of work generating hashtag content this is what happens side rant over flair's going for the figure four again sorry see i i I have no idea when the proms are and i think most wrestling fans would be the same unfortunately but i mean but a a journalist would look up these things and see that the venue is not available Okay, Flair has put the figure four leg lock in the middle of the ring and brian pillman has now leapt in the ring and done a top rope splash onto Flair, which you would think logically would actually damage Anderson's legs even more. Well, <coughs> I'm, I'm calling BS on that DQ call. Nick Patrick called for the bell while Pillman was on the top rope and hadn't hit anyone. How does he yep. know he was going to attack Flair? How can he prove yep. that's what's going to happen? Other than the fact that that's exactly what happened. How can he prove that at the time? Well, he'd rung for the bell, but hadn't said who the result was in favour of at that point. Yeah, but he could have just been going up there for a better view. I know I'm saying yeah. about Bobby Heenan now. But... <laughs> okay, so they are now beating the ever-loving crap out of Flair and no one is coming to the rescue, which always, I think, makes the babyface look like the most unpopular man on the planet. Yeah. But this is how, I mean, this is a very realistic, this is how two guys would beat up a guy. They, you know, they, oh, yeah. they got, they both of them dived on top of him, held him down and started putting fists and boots on him. This isn't your then, typical yeah. animated stamps or wrestling moves. This is an assault. And Anderson's driving that knee into the side as well, you know. Job done, off they go. I, I praise the realism um, of the attack, but we know what happens in a few weeks. So, But they are mocking Flair with a horseman sign. And and as you mentioned last week, we've got the early incarnation of the loose cannon. Yeah. As well with Pillman. Little signs of it, definitely. They are, Eric Bischoff, you've got to have friends. Here we go. Oh. So we've got in a cage. In a cage next week on Nitro. Live. He keeps pushing pushing it's live. Obviously, w, uh, WWF Raw is live the next week. So we've now got our marquee match to draw you back to Nitro next week over Raw. <laughs> Heenan's doing a good job of putting it over. Yep. Oh. Oh, here we go. Sting and the shark <laughs> in, mm-hmm. the, in the battle of the nauseating face paint. Sabu and Mr. JL, as he was called. <laughs> I'm looking forward to... Re- gimmick. Yeah, I'm looking forward to recounting the story of how we got his name. Yes, I'll save that um, for the next watch along. I'm sure you remember that. Um, was a Power Slam exclusive, wasn't it? Big Bubba Rogers against... Road Warrior Hawk is our other match. So, so it might not, fall behind this week's as, one. Yeah, it doesn't look as good a lineup uh, as this week's. But but hey, that was all in all. That was a I like that. That was a good show. And again, it flew by. So yeah, for the what for the fifth week running, the sum of the parts has been top stuff. You can pick it apart, and we certainly have on these watchalongs. 
But you look at the show. I mean, I, I, I could easily, if if Dean was sad and available enough to do it, I could do this a few times a week. I think we'll stick to, we'll try and do one a week, maybe every two weeks. But but it's so easy to watch. It doesn't feel yeah. like a chore at all. Just press record, do this. Bob's your uncle. This this has been enjoyable. And I've, I've, I need to look up exactly when the, ju- the jump to two hours happened. But for the time being, we've just got a lightning, breezy hour of wrestling. There is good. There is bad. There is out-and-out camp. Thanks, Kevin Sullivan. Uh, but I, I feel positive after watching it. I feel like I've been entertained. I feel it's worth my time. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's good. It's definitely been good. Um, we need to uh, we need to get a proper pay per view watch episode done soon. I think we'll have to uh, we'll line, have to line up a new guest. I reckon definitely. We'll we'll be working on getting back to you know uh, what what got us going in the first place. We'll get the marquee episodes going again. If there's anyone you'd love to hear come on the show, any anyone from the industry who who, who might like us like WCW, drop them a mention in the on Twitter or anything like that, and we'll try and make it happen. We're always open yes. to suggestions. We've got a couple of things we're working on. We've had a bit of an absence due to my laptop being messed up, but we're going to try and get back onto it, get some exclusive content, get some special guests to reminisce about WCW with us. And in the meantime, because they're just so easy at the moment, we'll just pump out the watch-alongs to keep things ticking over as well. Yeah, if there is a particular, not just a guess, if there's a particular WCW pay-per-view you'd like us to cover, then again, just uh, tweet us at BecauseWCW. Uh, you can also get a hold of us on Facebook.com forward slash BecauseWCW. But thank you ever so much for downloading it and listening. If you've enjoyed it, please tell a friend. Uh, we'll be back very soon with another episode of the podcast where the big boys play because WCW. On behalf of Liam Hatt, this has been the Twisted Genius saying thanks for listening and I'll see you ringside.